Alright legends, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline, I'm your host Rodney Stewart and we're going to be talking about uh, the 2008 remake for Halloween and uh, yes this is fairly different take on the movie and uh, a very good one, I, I enjoyed this just as much as the original um, yes um let me see, I'm just looking at some of the notes I've got for it here. Uh, of course, it's directed by Rob Zombie. Uh, we have Malcolm McDowell in here as Dr. Sam Loomis. And the the adult version of Michael Myers in this one, uh, Taylor Mayne is great. This man is absolutely huge, massive dude. Um... Yes, and this one, it's working from Carpenter's advice to make the film his own. Zombie chose to develop the film as both an original story and a remake, uh, allowing for more original content than simply refilming the same scenes, which is uh, fantastic. The, like the, the way that delve into Michael Myers' character in this one is a lot deeper than what the original one was. Um, it had mixed reviews uh, the film cost 15 million to make but it went on to gross 80.4 million worldwide uh, yes these movies are a, an absolute cash cow um, so yeah uh, the plot of the movie essentially is in Halloween in Haddonfield, Illinois uh, Michael Myers the child Michael Myers has exhibited signs of psychopathic tendencies. Uh, he's 10 years old and he murders school bully Wesley Rhodes. Uh, you know, then he goes home that evening and murders his older sister Judith, her boyfriend Stephen Haley, and his mother's abusive boyfriend Ronnie White, uh, just out of sheer revenge. Um, there is very, for me watching this, um, the family that he comes from, you don't feel much sympathy for a lot of them. The the father, uh, stepfather, um, treated this kid nasty, treated it Michael's mother really bad and his older sister incredibly nasty. It was just uh, a nasty piece of work all around this guy. And they, just that atmosphere that Michael came from it gave, kind of gives you more understanding of why he is the way he is but it doesn't forgive anything that he does but it, it kind of gives you more of that inside look to his personality um, yeah so he murders everyone the, the mask the classic Michael Myers uh Captain Kirk mask, let's just say, uh, appears very early in the film, and it's uh, his sister's boyfriend actually has the mask, and he is using it. In the, of course, it's Halloween. The kid Michael wants to go trick or treating, but Judith decides to not take him. Uh, Michael's mother is working as a a stripper. At this stage, he's gone out for evenings of work, and Michael goes off on one 
and kills everyone. But the the boyfriend, uh, the the classic thing is in these old horror movies. Uh, of course, this is based on one of the classic old horror movies. As you know, if somebody's getting it on in the movie, they're gonna die very soon. So, uh, his sister and the boyfriend are in the bedroom. He pulls out this mask and pulls it on, and as the classic Michael Myers mask. So, uh, we play back to that later on. Uh, so it's. Uh, it gives you the origin of the mask in this movie as well, where he actually gets it from, and why he starts to eventually use it. So uh, he's found guilty of first degree murder uh, after one of the longest trials in the state's history, like eleven months or something. Um, he sent the Smiths Groove Sanitarium under the care of child psychologist Doctor. Samuel Loomis uh, played fantastically by the way in this movie by uh, Malcolm McDowell and it's one of these characters that you always thought to yourself you know, could you actually recast him because the original actor was so iconic for it but works well in the movie so for the next 15 years Michael continues making masks uh, he's you know he's making all these little Halloween paper machine masks and stuff and he's just gradually retreating inside himself and not been as open uh, at the beginning of his incarceration uh, he's very talkative but no memory of the night he killed his family and uh, yes Loomis continues to treat Michael over the years uh, but he attempts to move forward with his life and closes Michael's case. Um, his mother came to visit him every week for a long time, and uh, Michael is gradually getting worse and worse and retreating further into himself. And finally, he does indeed snap and uh, kills one of the nurses on the block. He's still a child at this stage, you're talking maybe uh, 11 years old at this point. And his mother can't take what she's just seen. She's she's always had this faith that he might be able to be cured and come back. But when she sees the the actual real split in his personality, it drives her mad. And uh, yes, he has his own little paper mache mask on when he does it. And when he's been restrained, the the guards pull the mask off his face and you can see the the evil anger on his face and this drives his mother and seeing that night she goes home she's watching home movies and uh, turns a gun on herself and ends it um, of course you hear the the kid crying so the, the only member of the family is the, the child that survived the original assault let's just say from Michael so of course this ends up in Laurie Strode she's been adopted by this family and uh, yes eventually Michael escapes and comes after her so uh, yes so uh, where are we at in the notes uh, Loomis spending 15 years of his life decides to move on he closes the case uh, Michael escapes from Smuff's Groove uh, killing the guards and all the hospital staff. And I have to say, there's 
a janitor in here that uh, pretty much befriended Michael over the entire time he was here and he was one of these characters and the, the name is escaping me right now um, I can't even see it in my notes but uh, yes this guy from day one janitor sort and he would go past Michael's room and he would stop and he'd talk to him through the bars and whatnot. so it was uh, this guy felt very close to him. So over the 15 years, when Michael's about to escape, this guy's only like three months away from retirement. Michael's killed everyone. And for a moment, it seems like this janitor is able to talk him down and he's going to get him into his room and help him out. But Michael turns on him as well. And it is probably one of the, probably in the whole movie, uh, as I say, the, the original family, like, the murder of the family, the the older sister is probably the the most devastating one, and just in the way that it's done. But this character of the janitor is uh, truly heartbreaking. You know, he's uh, kind of looked at this kid, uh, Michael, as a son almost, and uh, like he's devastated. Like you know, he's of course he's getting murdered, and he tries to. Uh, you know, if it was good to you, it was good to you, and it's just it's that's the nasty way to go out. But uh, yes, uh, so we get to the familiar territory now, where it's once again it's Halloween. It's like fifteen years or so later. Laurie Strode and her friends Annie Brackett and Lydia Van Der Klock uh, are preparing for Halloween, and throughout the day, Laurie witnesses Michael watching her from a distance. Uh, later that night, uh, Linda meets up with her boyfriend, Bob, at Michael's abandoned home. Uh, that's something they missed out. Michael came back to his old house. Um, it's played up as like the, the devil's house in this movie. It's uh, somewhere that they're having a hard time selling because of its history. And Michael gets in there, breaks up the floorboards and gets the original knife that he originally killed his family with and the the mask is below the, the floorboards as well so we get the classic Michael Myers appearance and even the boiler city stays that off uh, a trucker earlier on too so that's a uh, classic Michael Myers attire at this point but uh, yes so that night uh, Linda meets up with the boyfriend Bob. Michael's abandoned home. Michael appears, kills him, of course. Uh, yes. Uh, he then heads to the Strode home uh, there while Laurie is babysitting Tommy Doyle. He murders her parents. So uh, he's going through a lot of people in short order in this movie. Uh, Dr. Loomis, having been alerted to Michael's escape, arrives in Haddonfield looking for Michael. And after getting himself a hold of a handgun, Loomis attempts to warn Sheriff Brackett that Michael has returned to Haddonfield. Uh, Loomis and Brackett head to the Strode home. Uh, Brackett explaining along the way that Laurie is really Michael's baby sister. Of course, as a viewer, we've already gotten this. Um, um, having been adopted by the Strodes following their mother's death, um, after convincing Laurie to babysit 
Lindsay Wallace, while spending time for boyfriend Paul, Annie is attacked by Michael after he kills Paul at the Wallace residence. Like I'm really jumping over a lot of stuff here, but it's just in that part of the movie where everybody's skating that little bit of thin ice where they're teenagers and they're trying to have a little bit of fun to themselves. And of course, as soon as you see the, the clothes coming off, you know somebody's going to die. So uh, yes, uh, that happens twice almost, apart from um, Annie doesn't get killed but her boyfriend does um, bringing Lindsay home Laurie finds Annie badly injured on the floor but still alive and she gets on the phone calls for help uh, Michael then attacks Laurie kisses her back to the Doyle residence so at this point in the movie we're getting a lot of familiar imagery from the original one it's not shot for shot but it's pretty close um Loomis and Brackett hear the emergency call over the radio when they head towards the Wallace residence. Uh, Michael gets hold of Laurie, takes her back to their old home, and he tries to show Laurie that he has his sister presenting a picture of them with their mother. Uh, this picture is one that his mother gave to him when he was 11, 10 or 11 years old, just after he was incarcerated. But, uh, yeah, for my money, uh, having watched this film back, it's not really that clear to me how Michael works out that Laurie's actually his sister. Because I don't think he would ever have had the information about her being adopted or where she went. Like, he knows she's alive, but she doesn't, he doesn't know where she's at. Or he shouldn't know where she's at. And, uh... Yeah, that's the only part of the film that really doesn't work for me, but uh, it is what it is. So he tries to show her this picture of them, and she doesn't understand, and uh, she lulls him into a false sense of security by saying, you know, she wants to help him, but uh, she stabs Michael with his own knife before escaping the house. Uh, Michael chases her down onto uh, an empty swimming pool. She falls in there. He's coming in after her, and Loomis turns up and shoots Michael and down he goes and uh, gets her out of the pool and then we get that line from Laurie uh, was that the boogeyman and Dr Loomis was you know as a matter of fact it was and uh, you can't expect the phone to finish off there they're in the police car and whatnot it's a sort of mirror image ending to the first one but of course it's not going to be that way so Recovering from the gunshots, Michael recaptures Laurie and breaks the police car window, drags her out through it, heads back into the house with her. Loomis intervenes, but Michael uh, subdues him by gouging at his eyes and he falls to the floor. Now, I can't recall Halloween 2 in this version of the remakes, like, like, there was only two in the series before they rebooted the damn thing again, but uh, I can't recall if Loomis survives the end of this movie, I'm pretty sure that he does, but for now, can't say for definite one way or the other, whether he does or not, um, so he goes down, Laurie gets the gun, runs upstairs, there's a cat and mouse game where he's trying to get hold of her, and uh, Laurie... <coughs> 
and the Michael Corners are on the balcony of the house, uh, charges her head on, knocking the both of them over the rail and into the garden. And Laurie wakes up and she's on top of an unconscious Michael. And Laurie aims the gun at Michael, tries to take a shot at him, but the gun's not firing. And she keeps trying and trying. And uh, Michael's hand comes up, grabs her by the wrist. And just at that, the gun is fired and we cut the black under the credits and that is the end of the movie so this is a great great little retelling of the movie uh, enjoyed it quite a bit um, but uh, you know it's like everything you know it's you'll either get a movie or you won't get a movie and this one here got me for the most part but the uh, the character of Michael Myers is uh, more rounded in this version I would say you're getting a little bit more of a deeper appreciation for the character and who he is, he's still a psychopath he's still a head case but uh, you kind of have a deeper understanding of where he came from but uh, no, it's not to say that that forgives anything that he does in the movie but it gives you a bit more of uh, an insight to way as what he is um yeah so uh i can't recall if i actually went through the the money that this thing made uh this is the second recording of the podcast because I, I forgot to hit the record button on the desk before we started so i had to restart but uh yes carpenter john carpenter gave Rob Zombie the advice to make this film his own and uh, Zombie chose to develop the film as both an original story and a remake allowing for more original content and simply refilming the same scenes great choice uh, had mixed reviews uh, cost 15 million to make but it went on to gross 80.4 million worldwide uh, Zombie Fall was a form of a sequel, Halloween 2 and 2009, so we will get into that at some point on the show here. So, uh, yes, if you haven't seen it yet, I would highly recommend you check it out, and that's going to do it for this episode. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.